Yeah, so I've never had any videos like go viral or anything like that. It's always just been constant, steady growth. And I think the key to that um, over the long term is really just to stick with it and be consistent. And with YouTube in particular, I think they really prefer you to sort of niche down. So like find an area that you know a lot about and make videos on that. Welcome to the Future Tribe podcast, where we're all about taking your future to the next level. Whether it is interviewing guests or unpacking strategies, you know we will be talking about getting things done and backing you, a fellow optimistic go-getter. And now, as always, here is your host, the formidable, fortunate and highly favoured, Jermaine Muller. Hello, Future Tribe. On this week's episode, I am joined by Jared Farncombe. Um, a YouTuber. How, how would you describe yourself, Jared? Yeah, I guess tech YouTuber is what everyone tends to refer to me as. So yeah, yeah. Well and truly tech YouTuber, you released your first video about five years ago and now you're up to what, 214,000 subscribers on your channel. So that's that's pretty solid. And you've got a second channel as well that you started recently. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Been going for five years. And yeah, I just started a second channel a couple of months ago, just to kind of experiment with uh, some new kinds of content. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what's the second channel called? Uh, it's just Jared's laptops. So similar to the main channel, which is Jared's tech. Yeah, not, yeah. Not that, awesome. not that imaginative. <laughs> but it's but it's pretty cool. You're sort of creating this. Actually, hold on. You, you're aware of Linus Tech Tips, right? Yeah, of course. Is it is it inspired by, you know, first name... And then last name as sort of the category sort of approach or was it just something that you came up with independent of that? Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely did spend a while thinking about how I wanted to do it, whether I just wanted to go like random catchy name or actually put part of my name behind it. And yeah, I did see some other channels like that. And I thought, you know, that sounds pretty good. I'll put my name in it and, you know, stand behind the thing rather than just be some random name that means whatever, like, I, that's just that's just what I chose. Could have gone either yeah. way, though. Yeah, I mean, but it's. I think you know, over the last few years, it's it's um, probably been a pretty wise decision. I know I know you didn't put a lot of thought behind it, but I think the way things are transpiring now, um, there's a lot of um, a lot of I guess power behind sort of being an independent YouTuber or an independent personality, especially when yeah. you know people can just get paid to do stuff. So I think having your name there, yes, it's only your first name, but um, that adds a bit of um, credibility to you that you're sort of putting your name out there and saying, you know, when I, when I give you my thoughts, um, it, it is me. It's not just this faceless entity that can take money from, you know, questionable sources to say certain things. Yeah, exactly. So essentially it becomes the brand, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, as an individual as well. Now, when did you start? So you started YouTube five years ago. Was that like a full-time thing or were you experimenting back then? Uh, Yeah, so basically the way it started is kind of interesting. I was just lying in bed one night and I couldn't sleep and it was like three in the morning. I'd been there for hours and I was just thinking like, wouldn't it be fun to like create some videos or something? Because I've been watching a lot of other channels out there and I thought, you know, I could do that. That's that, that doesn't seem that hard. I mean, it was a bit harder than I thought at the time, but that's a different story. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I pretty much got out of bed that night and just made the channel. And uh, I think I made the, the first video a few days after that. It was just like a basic uh, tutorial for how to do something in Linux. 
which you know the channel isn't really about but yeah that's that's how it got started just five years ago couldn't sleep literally to the point where i just had to get up and do something and uh yeah at the at that, that time though it was just uh i tried to do one video a week for the first probably first two three years it was maybe one a week there are a few breaks in there in between where i just wouldn't do anything for a few months but uh yeah it was definitely part-time at least in the beginning mm -hmm. moved into full-time it was march 2019 i believe so i've been doing okay. that for a bit over a year now right wow so how old were you when you so five years ago how old are you, you uh yeah i would have yeah i would have been uh 25 back then because i'm 30 mm -hmm. today 30 today okay and so you started that were you working in a similar field like in a techie field at, at the time or yeah so i've always worked in tech to some degree so five years ago i think when where i was working then i think i was still working in uh, uh, as a sysadmin, so systems administrator, so like managing servers and computers, that type of thing. And then shortly after that, I started to move to penetration testing. So like essentially hacking websites and you mm -hmm. know security, that type of stuff, which was pretty fun. But yeah, just doing the videos on the sides, I found, I just found more interest in that over time. Yeah. So you're a, you're a Canberra boy or, or where, where are you, were you, I mean, you're in Canberra now, right? Yeah. Uh, so I'm originally from Darwin, but I've I've lived here since 2003. I think I okay. moved here just just after the the bushfires. So that's mm -hmm. how long I've been here. Mm -hmm. So basically, Canberra boy. Yeah, basically, yeah. more than half yeah. my life. Awesome. And then going through school, did you study sort of tech IT, or was that was that just something that you fell into post school? Yeah, I tried to do pretty much as many IT classes as I could. So I I pick pretty much whatever I could just, you know, max out that limit and everything else just nowhere near as interested in. So yeah, definitely tried to do a focus on that, even though a lot of the, the classes back then weren't particularly that interesting or, mm -hmm. you know, like some of them were just really boring things like, you know, learn Microsoft Excel and word processing <laughs> and that type of thing that I found out more interesting than like uh, English and, you know, that yeah. type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I still remember we used to work on Excel and, you know, we had to come up with a way of like generating draws using Excel and it was it was cool, but, you know, it's 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 quite different now. Like I use Excel day in, day out, but nowhere near to that capacity because there's just dedicated software to do that and dedicated mm. ways to do that. So I think, I mean, naturally IT shifts a lot, but I think in the last sort of 10, 15 years, it's shifted even more than more than we would have expected, especially with sort of the rise of rise of SaaS and then um, more more sort of uh, tech tech adjacent stuff or IT adjacent stuff like you do on YouTube. Now, you were talking about doing sort of penetration testing. Um, I'm sure at the time you were sort of seeing the rise of the importance of cybersecurity, and yeah. there would have been you know a lot of a lot of potential there for you, whether it's, you know, not, not that everything's about money, but there would have been potential to make a, you know, solid amount of money if you were able actually at a relatively young age to build out more expertise and then move out and start consulting. Did that yep. ever sort of come up or did you do that for a little while while running the YouTube channel? Yeah, so I definitely considered that. So there is for sure a lot of money in the security field, as you say, uh, it's definitely expanding the place where I worked, it was rapidly growing, still growing at the moment from what I've heard from uh, some old colleagues. So yeah, definitely a lot of money to be made there. But I guess 
what happened for me was uh eventually the uh the income I was making on the side from YouTube kind of you know became on par with what I was earning there and I wasn't I didn't really have a good uh work life balance at that time so you know I'd be staying up to like 2 3 4 a.m. then waking up going to work get home pretty much work on videos just you know it wasn't really sustainable so once mm-hmm. the kind of I was kind of getting the same amount of money from both sides or was my partner she talked me into she basically said you know you should you should leave your job and just do the one that you you really want to and yeah I really wanted to do the videos it was just personally more interesting I mean I really do like security is interesting but yeah the just making the videos I think that was the path I wanted to follow and you know I've been doing it for a year no regrets mm-hmm. at all it's, it's been great so yeah, yeah. Can we touch on that income side of things now? I know you. I'm not sure if YouTube doesn't like uh, YouTubers sharing their sort of numbers, or whether YouTubers just don't like sharing their own numbers. And I'm not going to necessarily ask you to, you know, roll out your tax return, but give us an idea of like, I mean, how would you make money off YouTube for the people who don't really don't really get that? I know there are different facets, but how how did you sort of start to monetize that that field? Hopefully I can explain it because uh, I still have difficulty explaining it to my parents. I think they don't really understand what I do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's probably um, about half of the, the uh, income comes from YouTube ads. So basically someone watches your video and they're served an ad and you make money based on that ad. So with the, the tech audience, I think the amount of money that you generally make is lower compared to other fields because a lot of people are, you know, tech savvy and they use tools like Adblock. So that kind of does hurt a bit compared to, you know, if I was doing something a bit more mainstream. But uh, yeah, so it's mostly based on uh, ad views. There is a little bit with uh, YouTube Premium because YouTube, uh, they sell, you know, like a service where you pay uh, monthly and you don't get ads. So I think people that do that the creators that they watch end up getting a bigger cut compared to what you would get by ads. So that's that's a part of it as well. But outside of YouTube, the other 50% or so is probably uh, just Amazon affiliate programs. So basically, if I'm you know looking at a, a product and you know, I want to show people where they can buy that or see further reviews, for instance, and I link to that on Amazon, if someone buys it there, then you get a small um, a cut out of that. It's only it depends on the category, but it's usually like a couple of percent or something. So yeah, it really it varies based on what the item is and yeah, a few factors. Oh, that adds up obviously uh, as as more people buy, obviously that just keeps stacking. And and I guess it's just like YouTube, watching YouTube and the money off YouTube ads. It the, the beauty there is that you can scale it up and it won't necessarily take up more of your time to scale that up because once you start getting more views, like it doesn't cost you time for you know, 200,000 views versus a million views. And I guess that's where um, you've got to put in the work at the front end and then off the back end, you can start to sort of, as your catalog builds up, you can start to generate more and more views and hopefully more and more income. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of the stuff, oh, like a lot of the videos I create, a lot of them are, I guess, slow burners in a sense. So you put one up, initially the views might not do too great, but, you know, over two years, that really does add up. And if you're putting out multiple a week over the course of a few years, yeah, it does add up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now I want to, I want to get down into the the numbers a bit more. Um, and I don't want to sort of push your comfort level. So I'm happy with sort of ranges, but now to say you're, you're doing this full time, are we, are we talking, you know, 
either side of 100k a year sort of income levels? Are we talking lower, higher? Just to give an idea of YouTube as a as a full time thing, what's the potential there? Yeah, um, definitely above 100 is possible. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. And that's just so. So I guess you're doing it by yourself at the moment. There's no no other team behind you. Yeah, at the moment, but. At, well, I've got so much stuff here that it's, I'm kind of the the main bottleneck in mm-hmm. getting things out faster. So yeah, as a as something that I would need to do in order to start growing at this point, I think might be to look into hiring possibly some kind of assistant, something yeah. like that. Because yeah, my time becomes the main limitation. Once I get sent all these different products, I just can only do so much in a day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to scale up, you then need to be more than just Jared sort of working on the videos. Yeah. So is it is it a bit of a matter of, I guess, saving up to take that gamble to then sort of take that next step up to, to hiring someone, do you think? Or what's what's sort of, what's that tipping point for you? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. So I definitely, I think the tipping point has already been hit in terms of <laughs> how much time I spend. I just haven't really looked into how much it would cost on the, I suppose, financial side or where the work would be done, for instance, because at the moment I just do all the work at my house. Like, am Mm -hmm. I going to have someone come over to my place or am I going to have to go and get office space? And, you know, what's the cost associated with that? How far is it going to have to be? Where like I have to do daily travel? So there's just all these different factors that I haven't really looked too much into yet. Are you thinking about it as a as a business long-term or are you still sort of not in a negative way, but so, sort of thinking of it as a, as a fun thing that you're doing that, that earns an income as well, which what, what sort of mindset are you set in at the moment? Yeah, I think at the moment it's more, you know, passion slash hobby that just happens to, you know, pay the bills. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I, I do also like the idea of expanding and making it become more of a business. But at the same time, I think I would just have to be careful how that works because i've seen other channels do that and what happens is you know they offload the work to other people and then you you just kind of feel that the i guess what the audience was originally there for changes over time and it becomes something else you know that might be good might be bad so it just depends on how you go about it i think yeah, and I think some channels do it better than others. I'm, I'm, um, I've got YouTube Premium. I'm an avid YouTube watcher. Always, you know, um, about two years ago, invested into equipment that I told myself I'm gonna, you know, then used to shoot YouTube videos. Never got around to it because my um, job of sort of running the business and um, all that just takes up too much time. But looking at the different YouTubers out there, I mean, you know, say Unbox Therapy and then there's Austin Evans and then there's Linus Tech Tips. Um, These are all, and say MKBHD as well, sort of throwing them in there. I think I've sort of named the the big four out there. And I definitely get that point of like, I think Unbox Therapy, for example, sometimes does a lot of videos that I just, just, I mean, just in my opinion, it's just videos for the sake of videos, similar to sort of Austin Evans, where I think, I mean, Linus Tech Tips, they've, he's obviously really scaled it up, started by himself. And I think one other person and scaled it up. So I guess you've got a few blueprints to, to follow or, or at least to look at and then sort of mimic. Is that something that, you, that you're doing? And I guess as a broader question there as well, how much do you keep an eye on other YouTube channels and sort of what YouTube's doing um, when you're deciding on videos? 
yeah, so I definitely watch a lot of other YouTube channels, possibly too much. Um, like I'm subscribed to a lot of channels. I watch a lot of videos. I comment a lot on them. And then people are always like, oh my God, you, you're everywhere. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> so maybe I should. I, uh, I notice you everywhere when I, every, <laughs> every time I'm, I mean, I'm a subscriber of yours and you watch your videos before I make buying decisions. And, but yeah, you're on, you're commenting on every, which is, I mean, it's a smart marketing strategy as far as I'm concerned. I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily the number one reason you do it for, but you know, I think that's a very smart approach, but sorry, I cut you off. Oh, no, no, no worries. Um, honestly, I think it's just fun to engage in the community. Like a lot of the posts are mostly just, you know, I see something funny in the video and make a joke about it, that kind of thing. <laughs> it's just a bit of fun. Um, yeah. So with those other channels that I watch, I think Linus in particular has probably done one of the better jobs in terms of, I suppose, not really changing over time. I mean, their channel does a video a day. So obviously- Sometimes two, right? Yeah, sometimes. So obviously, like, they, they have teams of people, you know, testing out all these things and writing the scripts and doing the editing and all that. I think it's at the point where, you know, Linus probably just steps in front of the camera, you know, records his bit and then moves on to the next thing. So I don't know if I would want to turn into that level of, I guess, you know, just video creation machine. I'd mm -hmm. still want to be doing a lot of the actual stuff myself because, yeah, I just find that part of it interesting. Although I do like all of it. So, you know, video editing using the camera that type of thing so i think i would always have to be involved just in the different parts to some degree just because i like doing it yeah i think you're you're it's pretty evident to me that you're doing it for the fun of it and you know it's not that linus for example from linus tech tips isn't doing it for the fun of it but i think he's crossed crossed that threshold into like business owner and then doing it as part of a a business uh purpose i, I mean i imagine his schedule being basically like go, you know, feature in this video, then go to this other set feature in that video. Like they've got three to five sets. They've got three different YouTube channels. So for, for those of you who aren't YouTubers, Linus Tech Tips is probably one of the bigger, uh, I mean, I think they've hit 10 million subscribers um, on yeah. their channel. From what I can tell, 15 to 20 staff at least, like proper, I think they've got probably two people working on just collaborations with other brands and how they, you know, sort of managing that and they do different festivals and, and things like that as well, or, or, or well, conference or whatever you call it, the expo. Now that's obviously across, like they've, they've crossed so many boundaries, like they have their own merch, things like that as well. How do you make decisions around sort of the YouTube channel and growing past just YouTube videos for yourself? Like merchandise doing sort of i mean at the, at the moment you can't do off-screen like in-person events because of coronavirus but have you thought about those things and and sort of looked at those things as in the future like sort of opportunities or how how do you look at that yeah i've been thinking about uh like what i could do to you know expand things in the future like that i guess more on the business type of side you know i guess most people just resort to merch and i I, nothing against that like maybe i'll do something like that in the future but at the same time i kind of like the idea of i suppose a more tangible and useful product i'm just not really sure uh, what i would be able to do for that i mean i mostly review laptops so you might think oh maybe you should like team up with some company and sell some kind of laptop that's you know like got all the stuff you like and that you can actually stand behind and recommend and you know i think that well it has its own positives and negatives uh, mm -hmm. things like you know it's hard to it would be hard to review other laptops and then 
you know, come in and be like, oh, I've got this other thing that you can buy that's better. So I think there's <laughs> going to be a fine line between that if I did go down that route. But uh, yeah, otherwise, just being, I've been trying to have a think about what I could do that would actually offer value rather than just, you know, say, slap a logo on a shirt, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. I haven't really come up with anything yet, but it's definitely something that I am thinking about. Yeah, I mean, it's it could turn into sort of the uh, unbox therapy and later case sort of debacle, couldn't it? In in terms of w- picking what you've got to do next and what you do next. I mean, I can't believe that they, I genuinely can't believe that that whole thing happened. So you've got to be be wise about it because I think YouTube, especially, can be quite a fickle sort of space at, at the best of times. So no, to- totally understand that now. Let's talk about the videos that you put out. So you review laptops. Is that that that's about all that you do at the moment? Is is that right? So it's the it's the main thing that I focus on. It's probably what started getting um, the traction five mm-hmm. years ago. But I do other things as well, like just more general tech stuff, like desktop PCs, uh, graphics card, CPU comparisons, that type of thing. That's mostly because. Those are things that I'm personally interested in. So when I watch other tech channels, I do watch other laptop channels, but mostly I probably myself am more interested in the desktop side. So I try to do, I try to make some videos, you know, just based on that because I'm interested in it. And those videos don't perform as well typically as the laptop content, because I suppose that's what the audience is there for. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I think you've got to do like something for yourself rather than just only making the stuff that people are there for. Yeah, and then there's probably an element of, I think, laptop sales would greatly outstrip desktop sales, especially in the consumer market. Um, des- and that's not looking at any stats, so I might be completely wrong, but that would sort of be what I what I expect the numbers to look like. So I think it would make sense that more people would watch laptop videos as well. Talking about these people, you're based in Canberra. Most people don't know where Canberra is, don't even know how to pronounce Canberra. And then as a, as a bigger picture, we're based in, you're based in Australia. So say 20, 25 million people. Where do you, where do you find most of your uh, viewers coming from? Is it the US? Is that no, no surprise there or? Yeah, so Australia makes up like three to 4% of my views. So it is actually wow. on the lower side. It's, it's quite low. I wasn't which, expecting that. Yeah. It's always interesting because a lot of companies don't have a presence in Australia. So, mm-hmm. you know, I might have to reach out to like a team in the US or somewhere else and they'll just say, oh, sorry, you're not in our region, so we can't help you. And they just leave it at that. And it's like, or they just think, you know, you're in Australia, so you're in the, you've only got Australian viewers. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, that's not the case. It's a global audience. But um, yeah, yeah US, US is definitely number one. What sort of, if you don't mind me asking, what sort of viewer numbers do you get across all your videos in a in a given month? Uh, so for the last couple of months, I think I was doing 4 million per month, but it has mm-hmm. gone down a little bit. I think there was a, uh, a rise with a lot of channels over the last few months as a lot of people have been, you know, stuck at home. So I think a lot more people have been watching YouTube, but I think some countries might be returning to normal. Not really sure, but yeah, the, mm-hmm. the views have started going down recently. But yeah, the last few months, um, it was definitely a bit of a spike. So it sort of spiked up with COVID becoming a more serious thing, would you say? Is that, is that fairly following? Yeah, that, yeah, I think that's that's fair to say because in previous years, um, 
I don't think there's been that much of a boost early on in the year. Normally, a lot of the viewership happens later in the year because there's a lot of sales in the US. Like there's, uh, mm -hmm. I think, Black Friday in November, then Christmas and, you know, all, all that sort of stuff. And then in sort of January timeframe, there's a lot less going on. So a lot fewer people are actually looking to buy products. So, mm -hmm. you know, reviews are less interesting, I suppose. Yeah. So what's like, what, what were your December view, views like, like closer to 3 million or, or not that, not, you know, 75% of, of the formula? Like, are, are we talking a huge variance there? Uh, I, can't, I can't recall off the top of my head. I, I want to say somewhere around maybe 2 million, like it was on its way up okay, and, then, right. and then, yeah, so it was going up. It was definitely trending up. And then mm -hmm. normally early 2020, you know, probably would have started going down a bit and then, uh, few months in the opposite happened and it started going up mm -hmm. so i can't complain mm -hmm. too much about that <laughs> yeah definitely i mean youtube i think is one of those spaces that have um really done well going through coronavirus i've seen like you said the number of videos being pushed out in some cases for, to the de detriment of quality but in a lot of cases not not the case so youtube sort of has survived now talking about youtube as as a youtuber sort of publishing videos how what do you have any tips for people who either want to get started on youtube or create a presence on youtube what 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 would you say i mean your early days was it really just about putting out quality content and then just slowly building that up or were there big things that you did that created positive trends or things that you did that created sort of negative trends yeah so i've never had any videos like go viral or anything like that. It's always just been constant, steady growth. And I think the key to that um, over the long term is really just to stick with it and be consistent. And with YouTube in particular, I think they really prefer you to sort of niche down. So like find an area that you know a lot about and make videos on that. So for example, if I just only went into laptops, I could probably make the channel do better. But as I mentioned before, you know, I like doing all these different types of things. But yeah, if you just focus on one area, I think YouTube will know, they'll know you as, you know, the person for, for that particular sort of content. So when someone's searching that, they'll be more likely to surface your videos to them. And it will understand that the audience is after that type of thing. And then it'll find other people who are also interested in that type of thing that might watch similar channels and then start promoting the videos out to them. So I think getting started to begin with, I'd recommend just being consistent, picking something you're interested in and that other people are interested in. So you definitely be want, you want to make stuff that people will get value from. And uh, yeah, those are probably the main things. How did you find your video style? Because I would say that you do have a very distinct approach to to your videos, at least most of the ones that I've seen have, have you like to do sort of a, a voiceover, nice shots, stats on the screen, things like that. How did you find that? Oh, was it a lot of research or was it sort of pumping out content? And again, sort of just, you know, doing more, ended up with more, more good work for lack of a better word. Yeah. So I think in the early days, back when I started, I, I wasn't as keen being on camera. I mean, that's changed now. You get used to it. But at the same time, that's, I guess, what I've become used to doing. So a lot of my videos will be just voiceover and then I'll film some nice shots to put over the top of that. And my view of it personally is that, you know, if I want to find information on a product, I want to, I want to look at that product and I want to see things about it. 
So why should 90% of the video be my face telling you about it when I can just show you what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think I've found myself more and more um, about two, three months ago, I bought a new laptop. And what I was looking for was were videos that showed me the product from every angle, the, the, yeah. the angles that you can't witness in like press photos because most press photos stick to you know fairly standard just like two or three angles and and i think that's another reason why a lot of the viewers like what you do and you also get down into the nitty-gritty which i guess it's a double-edged sword right because one you're not you can't necessarily get into the nitty-gritty and then maintain sort of those surface level mums and dads so to speak who watch videos but then you can't stay surface level because i mean i think a lot of people are surface level and then there's no necessary there's not a lot of value that you can provide so was it quite intentional that you were going to go in and sort of really make the videos that you want you want to see yeah so exactly you hit the nail on the head there perfectly so that is somewhere something that I've wanted to focus the channel on is just trying to provide as much detailed information as I can, as if, you know, I was about to go and spend thousands of my own dollars on this own thing. What would I want to know about? What do I care about? So to do that, a lot of the video does sort of, I suppose, come off as more of an information dump. So there's just mm -hmm. a lot of details and a lot of data from different testing, which takes days to complete. So some a lot of people do find that interesting. But yeah, there are definitely others that, you know, they don't either don't care or they just they don't understand without learning a lot more additional information that they don't have time to figure out or they're just you know they're not they're not interested in that so that that's why i started the second channel is the main idea behind that was to be more i suppose just not as in depth more sort of quick and uh, to the point i guess so there are a lot of those other bigger channels you mentioned before i think a lot of um, that type of content misses out the details that I aim to provide. So that's mm -hmm. what the second channel is attempting to sort of um, fill. So I do all the detailed testing on the main channel. And then once I know everything there is to know about it, in theory, I can go and make the second video on the other right. channel and just, you know, kind of do more of a summarized look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that second channel, what's been growth and traction like and your experience like when it comes to second channel has, I, I would assume it's been much quicker. In terms uh, of yeah. So I put a few videos out before I actually like publicly announced it just to kind of see what would happen. So mm -hmm. from the start, I could have just been like, hey, new channel, come and check it out. And, you know, maybe that would have been not cheating, I guess, would have just been taking advantage of what I've already built up. But I was curious mm -hmm. to see what would happen, you know, if I was kind of approaching this as if I was starting from scratch. And uh, a lot of people did see the the channel name and it had my name in it combined with laptops. So they kind of figured out pretty quickly that it was me. And I guess they hear my voice and maybe that's pretty unique. But, I, I, I was uh, one of those people. <laughs> okay. It just popped up in the recommendations. I was like, did did he, I actually thought you changed your channel name originally? Oh, right. Um, so I clicked in. I was like, I mean, fair enough, because I'd watch a lot of you laptop videos. So I was like, okay, he's just niching down a bit more. But but yeah, as it turns out, you you were just creating a second channel because I think when Short Circuit was created by Linus Media Group, I think I might be wrong, but they they were one of the quickest channels to get to. I think it was like five million subs without a v single video, something crazy like that, or maybe a million subscribers, yeah, they, something like they, that. 
they they went up real fast. I can't remember because a few people have done new channels lately. I remember one mm -hmm. of them said something like, you know, we're not posting a video until we hit X amount of subscribers. So <laughs> it kind of encourages the existing viewer base to move over. But uh, yeah, I wanted to see what would happen before that. So I did eventually do that. And, you know, obviously things had a big uptick since then. Mm -hmm. But yeah, initially those first few videos that I did, they, they did pretty well because I think, as mentioned before, YouTube is pretty good at recommending content once it knows like what sort of videos you're doing. So once I'd done two or three laptop uh, videos, you know, it's probably like, hey, this is a laptop channel. We're going to go mm -hmm. suggest these videos to other people that have seen other laptop videos. So a lot of the videos on that channel were actually coming from recommendations and suggested, whereas the uh, older main channel gets most of the views from search. So people just like mm -hmm. even typing into Google or in YouTube, you know, product XYZ review. So it was kind of a different uh, source of those views, which I found quite interesting. So that was a little fun experiment. Yeah. What does uh, Jared's laptop sit at the second channel? What, how many subscribers on there now? I think it's 14,000. Uh, not sure about the views. It's a bit up and down because a lot of people came in within like the last few weeks once I publicly announced it. Mm -hmm. But uh, and, yeah. And have you sort of... Is it fair to say that I'm guessing that if if a lot of the views to that channel come from recommended and and things like that, that the subscribers to views ratio is a bit more disproportionate? Is that is that, is that sort of? I mean, you haven't looked at the numbers, I would assume, but is that fair to say? Do you know? So I haven't really compared them, but I'm more inclined to think that people are more likely to. I guess subscribe or stick around once they from when they come in from a recommendation or a, a featured video or something like that. I think with search, a lot of people are just they want to know something and they're looking for an answer to that question. So they mm -hmm. watch the content and they get what they want, and you know they might just they might just leave. But I think once something's suggested, and you know if it's more than just you know product whatever review, and it's like. The approach is different rather than you know titling it like a review you make it more i guess interesting and enticing i guess um more like a like a, a story i suppose you want them mm -hmm. to you know watch the video and you know you're rather than just saying all this information and data and stuff you know i, I guess i'm taking them on a journey so to speak with yeah. uh, like the experience if that makes sense yeah, yeah. So sort of like, you know, like this, you know, Dell's new laptop gets away too hot or HV's laptop is probably the best thin and light. And you sort of click into it and you sort of go go into it, not just for the information dump, but more for what's yeah. Jared ex Jared's experience been with that yeah. device. Is and that I think that's, yeah, exactly. And I think going that way, I, well, I'm assuming more people would probably be more likely to you know think, hey, oh, this is interesting. I want to I want to hear more about this and subscribe compared to just you know, searching for product. Okay, I found out what I want, you know, moving on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and I guess what you're doing here is also then diversifying your channels through which you get, well, no pun intended, but diversifying your channels by creating more channels, um, <laughs> <laughs> creating more YouTube channels. I couldn't help the, the dad joke, but does YouTube then show you on the back end where your views are coming from, e either in terms of numbers or as percentages? Like you talked about recommended, you talk about Google search, YouTube search. Does it break it down for you? Yeah, it gives you a percentage of uh, like four or five different categories. And yeah, one of them search, one's recommended, 
can't remember what the others are, but those are the main ones. Mm. And uh, yeah, I noticed there were basically inverted between the two channels. So it does seem that the two different approaches result in uh, that being a bit different. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I mean, YouTube is heavily algorithm driven. You just look at the pure stats of how many YouTube videos are published and how many minutes of minutes of videos published and you sort of go, it has to be, you know, AI algorithm powered because there's just so many videos being pushed out there. Let's rewind a little bit and go back to early days. When do you remember when you made your first dollar off YouTube? Was that a uh, so I don't really remember the first money from uh, YouTube. I remember it was probably something like I made you know like twenty bucks or something like that. It was probably deposited into my account. Uh, but I, I remember. Mm -hmm. uh, the first Amazon check I got, because with Amazon, they have a, a threshold that you have to hit before you actually get paid. I don't think that's the case with YouTube. So if you know, you have like five bucks, they'll just deposit it. But uh, with, so with uh, Amazon, mm -hmm. it's a hundred US dollars to get the check. And the way US check works, they have to physically mail it over to Australia, then I have to take it to the bank. And it costs me a $25 fee which I didn't realize wow. at the time. So I lost <laughs> basically a quarter of my check so I could deposit it. <laughs> but then there's the, the crazy bit is they have to physically mail it back to the US, which is just ridiculous. So the whole process takes like 30 or 40 days. Wow. Wow. And I assume, yeah, that just because you have to wait to be paid out off Amazon affiliate as well. So you're looking at really quite a like, I mean, if you were to do bad, let's say this month, you won't feel those effects for a for a few weeks at least. Yeah, it's definitely staggered. But what I've done to kind of, I guess, counter that weird payment system is that uh, you can set what the threshold is. So I can just put the threshold as something high enough such that I only get the check every three months or so. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. because I only get the money every three months or so, it's less of a, a big deal if one month, you know, does worse than the others. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've nicely sort of gone into what I want to talk about, which was the, the, I guess, fragility around number of views or, 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 or I guess the potential for there to be it for it to be quite fragile, because if you don't, you know, both your sources of income, very driven on, say, views and number of purchases made off affiliate links. How have you counted that? Have you found it to be fairly stable over the over the last few years? What what are your experiences on that front? Yeah, so that's one of the main reasons why it took me, I guess, longer than it should have before I started working on the channel full time, because it was a bit of an unknown. Like, you know, you always hear about people complaining like, oh, the YouTube algorithm, it's destroyed our business and stuff like that. But what I've found is in my own experience, if things start going bad, usually it's it's your fault. Like you need to look at what you're doing. Maybe the content just sucks. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you might be inclined to think everything I'm doing is great because I've put so much time into it, but you need to think about it from the viewer's perspective and what they're watching. Like at the moment, you know, as mentioned before, I've noticed things going down as I suppose COVID issues have eased in some areas. And, you know, I see my stats go down and I don't think, oh, no, I'm, it's my fault. I'm doing terrible. You know, I think, OK, what's going on in the world? Why is this likely to be happening? How much do I expect it to go down? Is it going to return to where it was before? That's probably the case. So, you know, don't really need to panic. Just just keep on going. 
Yeah, yeah, sort of just allow for that seasonality. I mean, business, uh, in that sense, you've got to think of think of it like a business or a business person, right? And not be so sort of, I know some people who they have a good month and then they spend a lot more money that month and then they have a bad month and they've spent money like they spent the previous month. And you, I guess you've just got to be a bit more careful around around that as well. But do you get those stats in terms of your income? You, you get that monthly or it's, is it fairly easy to check in on how you're doing? Uh, yeah, so the YouTube stats update like after they're only like a day or two behind. So the feed uh, the feedback is pretty real time. It doesn't really take long at all. I think Amazon is yeah a couple of days behind as well. So it's it's not too bad. Yeah, yeah, that's that's handy. Um, oh yeah, no, I got it. Um, talking about products now, how do you how do you get products to review? I assume originally you just it's just stuff that you bought that you reviewed. Yeah, so. That's exactly how I started. Basically, just if I had something in my house and it was tech related, I made a video on it. And I took the approach of understanding that everything that I made, you know, for the first year to maybe even up to three years would just suck. And, you know, I'd look, I knew that I would look back at it later and just cringe at it. And that's the case. But I think it's important to understand that the things you make early on, they might, they're probably just going to suck because. The only way to actually get the experience and get better is to you know get in there and do it. So I just took whatever I had and just started making videos. Uh, after a few months, I did my first laptop video, which was on my uh, laptop that I was issued through my job. So it was a work laptop, and because I didn't personally have a, an updated laptop, so I just I used what I had, even though it was you know wasn't mine. I didn't buy that. It was just my company's whatever I did that review and it, it did okay and that laptop was purchased through a local company here in Australia so I thought hey I'll reach out to them see if they're interested in sending me something else and you know if so I can do another video and that'd be cool so I sent them an email and then like a week later they got back to me and said oh hey we checked out your video yeah it looks great we're keen to send you send you a laptop and I basically just went from there what happened was over time you just build up the, I, I suppose, content library and, you know, you can reach out to other companies and you say basically the same thing. You know, you say, hey, this is what I do. This is an example of my previous work. Uh, would you be interested in sending me products so that I can make some videos on? And most of the times companies have been, you know, receptive to that and they reply and, you know, they're happy to help you and send out stuff. Some companies just don't reply at all. So, you know, you just move on. So it is. Other companies just started reaching out to me, which happens more and more as you get bigger, which, you know, I kind of expected. Um, so, yeah, I think at the start, it's just been a case of uh, do what you have, try and reach out to people, hope you get lucky, but really eventually you will if you just keep working at it. And then as you get bigger, people will uh, approach you. And like you said, anyway, even if you don't have the nicest of products that's personally yours, there's nothing stopping you from um, borrowing your parents' phones or laptops or because it doesn't it doesn't matter, right, in this instance, who owns it. I, I'm fairly sure legally they wouldn't even have a right to not have a video made about their laptop. Like it's not like it's a personal private thing. So there's sort of nothing stopping you from doing that. And Let's talk quickly about gear as, as an extension of that, because I guess I'm trying to hit on some of the comments or some of the reasons why people can give as to why they can't make a start on YouTube. Because the next thing is, oh, you know, okay, so you've solved my problem about what I have to review. Now I need, you know, 
an RX100 and I don't have $1,500 and I need a nice mic and, and lights. How did you start on that front and what do you use these days? Yeah, so I'm a firm believer of, you know, the gear doesn't make the content. It's your skill level. So you could probably start just using like a phone, I think. A lot of those phones have pretty good cameras and pretty good microphones. I mean, they're phones. They're designed so that you can talk into them. <laughs> so I think a lot of people already have really what they need. I mean, the quality might not be, you know, super impressive, but I do know a laptop review channel in the U.S., and they do everything on their phone. When I found out, I was just blown away. I mean, I think it's an iPhone, so it's still pretty good camera. But still, the fact that when he revealed that, it just kind of shocked me. I was like, oh, wow. Like, I had no idea. Who's it just that? looked so much better. Uh, his channel name is Bob of All Trades. Yeah, right. I, I, for some reason, I thought, I thought it would be. He does awesome reviews of, like, the Electronics Mag 15, stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah. So, he's um, another one that goes you, you too, super so. into depth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's another one who also makes videos, the videos that he wants uh, to see on YouTube. And, sure. and you know, I, I think you guys quite, you know, match quite closely. I mean, you, you review the Aftershock Vapor 15, which is what I ended up buying anyway, which is why oh, I nice. know so much about Bob, Bob of all trades. I'm just fangirling a little bit over here. So just ign- <laughs> ignore me there about laptops and YouTubers. Um, but yeah, sorry, let's, let's, let's continue what you were saying about, I guess, yeah, the gear not mattering so much as much as the content. Yeah. So I bought initially a DSLR camera and, you know, I could have gotten something a bit cheaper than that. I think it was like maybe $1,000. I just started with the kit lens that came with it. Um, but my plan was, you know, I want to kind of invest in this because I want to, like I plan on going into it for a few years and I, I did, so I guess I worked out. <laughs> but yeah, definitely don't need to start that big or anything. I still do have that camera and I did use it for a couple of years before upgrading to something that did 4K. But yeah, they're pretty reasonably priced options these days, even if you did want to get a camera. As for all the rest of the gear, I think this usually surprises people to find out, but the lighting and microphone that I got five years ago is still what I use today. So I still use the same just Blue Yeti microphone, which is like Mm -hmm. 150 bucks or something. So again, it's not super cheap or anything, but like that's lasted five years and it's generally considered, you know, entry to mid-range level microphone. But mm-hmm. that's really all you need. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of DSLR, did you start with a 600D or a 650D or something? Uh, I went with the Canon 70D. 70D. Nice. With like an 18 to 35 or. Uh, I can't of... remember. Whatever the stock lens was. I eventually. Yeah, oh, right. yeah, I did so it. just a kit lens. Yeah. I started with I started with that. And then the first lens I bought was the, the Sigma 18 to 35. I think that's what you just mentioned. Right. Yes. Yes. So you never, never bought a nifty 50, 50 mil sort I... of cheap. Lens? Yeah, I did buy one of those cheaper 50mm ones, but I only used it like a couple of times. I think it was only like $40 or something, and it was an older model. It just wasn't great. Like the uh, when you put it in autofocus and have the microphone on, you can like physically yes. hear it clicking away. The focus hunting. Yeah. 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 And then you move to a 4K camera. So what's that, like a Panasonic GH4 or something? Oh, close. I got the GH5. Okay, right. I mean, those are still fairly affordable. I mean, the GH5, I'm not sure how much that sells for, but I think the GH4 used to go for about 1500 from memory. I think the GH5 is around 2000 Australian dollars at the moment, but I think, you know, prices have gone up lately because 
US dollar changing with COVID mm-hmm. and all that. So it might be a bit different, but I was able to reuse that um, original lens that I got. So I'm still using the same lens on the, the camera. So I've had that lens for like four years now and yeah, I'll probably right. continue to use it because unless I drop it, there's no really, <laughs> there's no real reason to change. No need to change over. I guess it's an example of when you can just spend a little bit more um, and, and get something that will last much longer and, and just make wise decisions when it comes to what you need and what you don't need. Yeah. So I think, you know, if I was starting out again, I'd probably pick something, I guess, a bit more mid range, make sure I actually like using it, like making the content, because like you say, you don't want to buy something and then not use it. So I think starting with what you have is a good option. And then once, once you get a feel for it and you know that you like it, investing a bit more money into the tools. So, you know, you can up that production quality a bit, I think is a good move. Yeah. What are you, what are your plans sort of moving forward for the channel? We've, we've touched on things a little bit, but do you have any, any bigger plans over the next three to six months? Not really just focusing on working on the things that I get sent. So at the moment I've got just a ridiculous queue of like laptops lined up. So just, that's just nonstop work. It's a bit easier because of, uh, there's less events, so less traveling. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate what's happening, but at the same time it does, you know, I don't have to go to like, uh, Computex was supposed to be, I think in June. So I would have been there Mm. for a week. And that's Um, in Taiwan. Is that right? Yeah. Taiwan. So you would have flown to Computex. Yeah. I would have gone there, um, this year. I went last year for the first time and it, it was awesome, but yeah, that's like a week that just you're gone for pretty much. And that happens mm-hmm. usually a couple of times a year. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been able to sort of save a bit of time there. When, when you fly, do you fly by yourself and create all the, all the content by yourself? Or do you usually try and take someone like your partner or someone else? Uh, yeah, I just go by myself because, well, honestly, I think, so I've discussed, I've discussed this with my partner before. Like if we went together, I would just spend the whole time working. So we wouldn't really get to do much yeah. together anyway. So mm-hmm. you might as well just make it a work trip. There's sort of no point. They just feel sort of neglected and bored versus what, yeah. and you'd be having a crazy amount of fun. And I guess you don't want to, it's, it's work and, and you can geek out. And I, I definitely get that. You know, I, I get that when I go down to the shops and um, I want to look at sort of laptops, but no one else around me cares for it, but I, I just want to check out, you know, what's, what's the latest. So, but it's, it's awesome. It sounds like you're just doing something that you really love and you really enjoy. And it just happens to be a, a way for you to also earn an income and, and pay the bills, which is really cool. Did you ever think you'd be doing this like at the start? Uh, definitely not. Yeah. Like when I started, I just remember thinking, oh, it'd be cool if I could do like a video a week and some people watched it, then That'd be, that'd be nice. <laughs> it's come, come a while away since then. I mean, YouTuber anyway is still like a new sort of career, right? Even, even five years ago, like that would have still been very much early days. Now, now I think people, it's starting to get established and people buying Ferraris and Lamborghinis off, off their YouTube money. But even five years ago, it was, it was much, much earlier days than that. So that's awesome. It's, it's really cool that you've been able to do this. And, and are you, I'm surprised that you haven't had a sort of a single video go, go viral because you're doing like your subscriber numbers are pretty solid. I mean, you know, if, if, what the population of Canberra is 400,000. So you've got 200,000 subscribers. That's a, that's a pretty big number. And that's, that's yeah, pretty, pretty solid. Are, are you 
Are you surprised that there hasn't been anything gone, or any videos gone viral, or is it just the nature of the type of content you put out, do you think? Yeah, it doesn't really surprise me. I think it's, like you say, the nature of the content, like a lot of it is designed to be technical, in-depth information. And, you know, I, just, I don't really see a wide appeal for that. Although that said, I did have my first video pass a million views in the last month, which I okay. didn't see coming. I just looked at the videos and sorted them from uh, most viewed to least viewed. And I saw the one was like 990,000. I was like, oh, wow, it's, it's actually going to hit what a What video was that about? Uh, it was a graphics comparison. So just two laptops, 1660 Ti compared to 2060. So basically one level of hardware versus the next level up. That, that's, that's a decision that I, I continue to struggle with. <laughs> so I would have probably been half of those views. <laughs> I think that is also what initially helped the channel grow. When I got those first review units from the local Australian company, you know, as I said before, like three to 4% of the views are from Australia. So there's not going to be that many people interested in a laptop that's marketed in Australia. So what I did with that hardware that I had was I would use it for things that people would be interested in. So comparisons in particular, I found to perform quite well. So just comparing like CPUs, graphics in different games, that type of stuff. And yeah, it seems that that holds true given that was the first uh, video that ever hit a million views on the channel. Yeah, and I must say you've been pretty smart about that as well. I mean, you, uh, I assume you're talking about Metabox and yeah. um, they use chassis from a big manufacturer. I think you've been really smart about making sure that those videos can be discovered because there's like companies like Clever, et cetera, that use the same chassis or, well, it's a Clever chassis, I think, but th mm -hmm. there are other companies that use that chassis. So you've, I don't know if it was intentional sort of, adding those keywords, so to speak, into, into videos that, so that people who are looking for the same laptop essentially from other regions of the world discover your videos. And I mean, the, 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 the comparisons hold true anyway. So was that a, quite an intentional thing? Uh, yeah, definitely. So a lot of companies around the world do resell the same thing, but then what happens is because different companies are selling them, they give them different names. So when people search for, you know, product A, they might not find it because someone else might be listing that as product B. So yeah, I do try to find out what all the the big companies around the world are calling it. And I try and, you know, say that this is what it is because it is technically the same thing in a lot of cases. So I think that that's the best way of, I guess, getting more interest in it, more people finding it. So if I'm putting the amount of time I am to... If I'm putting the amount of time in to test this out, I want the most people to see it. And in order to do that, uh, I think it makes sense to kind of explain, uh, hey, this is the same laptop. It's just got a bit of a different name because it's from a different part of the world. But, you know, it's got everything you want. So this is the video that you want to watch. Yeah. And it's a good way of sort of getting, you know, not in a way of bashing a product to death, but getting... A, a diverse range of videos off off a singular purchase or in this case a singular device as well now the last one before we get into the top 12 um how long does it take for you to shoot edit um do you script videos how long does that whole process take let's say for a for a laptop review it's hard to say because i am pretty much almost always doing multiple at once so i think always i have two going at a time i try to do three because i find with doing three at once, I can uh, split the time up very well because there's 
basically three main tasks that eat up all the time. So one of those would be like testing the battery life. You know, I'd just have to leave it there for a day, essentially. Another one would be testing uh, games. So I test games out and see how well they perform. So that takes about a day to complete. Uh, and then I also do in-depth thermal testing. That takes about half a day. So, you know, I'll have all these different things running at the same time and just all these different products will be up to different stages in the test cycle. But I guess if I was just spending all my time on one thing, I could probably spend, you know, like maybe three or four 15 hour days and I'd have a pretty good understanding of it. But yeah, like I say, in that time, a lot of that, a lot of that time would be wasted just you know, if the battery is doing out. a battery test, you know, I can't do anything, so I might as well work on something else. So mm -hmm. I think it makes sense to kind of interleave a lot of different parts and get stuff going at different times, which does get a bit confusing when you've got so many things going on. So I just try to keep a bunch of detailed notes of uh, where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And then you, so you collect all that information and then you, and then next step is scripting after you, when you can sort of look, look at all the information you've collected or? Uh, so what I initially do is so i unbox the machine and i try to do like 90 percent of the filming because as soon as i touch it it's just going to be covered in fingerprints uh -huh. and you want it to look nice so i do a bunch of the filming initially and then i'll do the testing and then there's a lot of data entry involved so i've got to put stuff into excel i do have a lot of like graphs and stuff already pre-made so don't have to reinvent the wheel each time just got to put the data in and see how it compares with others and then yeah I script the the video and that's that's pretty easy these days because basically what I do is I've just got a template for the different videos that I make mm -hmm. because again I don't think there's any point reinventing the wheel like is there any point going into this laptop review and changing the structure every time because I feel like that's just more work if I've got something that people can understand and I think flows well I think it makes sense just to you know use that template and then just change the the different parts which are specific to the machine that I'm looking at. Yeah, plus I guess people can then just, they just know where to expect what sort of information, you know, whether thermals are last or build quality is first, what, whatever it may be. So you've sort of optimized things down a little bit so that you're not, you're, you're being intelligent with that, so that your, your use of time, et cetera, is sort of intelligent as well. Um, awesome, good stuff. Um, where can people find out more about you? Yeah, just on YouTube, search for Jared's Tech or Jared's Laptops should come up there. And a whole bunch of videos. Awesome. Yeah. Um, you ready for the top 12? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I sprung this on you last, last minute as always. Um, <laughs> but let's see how you go. So um, any, any books, top three books uh, or podcasts that you recommend? So I don't listen to many podcasts myself. I, as mentioned, I watch a lot of YouTube videos, although I feel like there's a lot of overlap these days because, you know, you can just listen to the audio. You don't necessarily need to watch the video. Mm. That said, probably I watch a lot of Gary Vee videos. So, mm -hmm. yeah, he does a lot of like interviews with like business people. And I guess he technically does have a podcast. But yeah, I find, I find that content pretty interesting. That's just one, though. So I guess I listen to a lot of tech ones as well i guess the most popular one that people would be familiar with is linus tech tips as discussed mm -hmm. earlier they do the wan show every week which is basically just like news Love coverage show on a saturday so, afternoon just <laughs> chuck that on <laughs> yeah so I've, I've probably listened to every episode of that since for like the last well, how long would it be 
it's so wild before I started the channel. So yeah, mm -hmm. probably been listening to that for like six or seven years. Um, yeah, that's probably probably the main ones. Yeah, awesome. Top three software tools that you can't live without. What do you use day in day out? Uh, does Spotify count? I need that music. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course. Spotify. Uh, anything else you use? Uh, it's it's funny because I only really started using it like in the last few months. I used to just <laughs> I used to just like either listen to music on YouTube or I'd have the files mm. locally. But oh man, Spotify just takes it to a new level. It suggested <laughs> me so many new songs I never would have found. It's, it's great. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> I hate saying this, but I feel like I couldn't live without Excel because uh, it's double-edged sword. But yeah, that that gets all my graphs done. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Otherwise, oh, keep it simple and I'll go with Notepad. I just, yeah, that's what I use to take all my notes. It's a bit of a mess and I could probably yeah, wow. find something better, but yeah, I just dump everything in a text file. <laughs> I mean, you just need Google Keep or Google Docs and Google Sheets. I don't know if you're a Google guy. We run on G Suite over here and I am just, I mean, my Google Keep is a mess, but um, you, if, you, if you ever think about, you know, swapping to the Google google side of the world um that's the way i would say i do actually use google docs for all the scripting but yeah for notes just, okay. just notepad but yeah google docs is awesome because when i travel a lot of times like if someone asks me a question they're like oh what did you think about this particular thing on this video from like two years ago i can just look at the script and see exactly what i would have said so it does yeah. save a lot of time yeah, that's awesome. Um, are there any mantras you try and live by or sort of sayings that you just try and follow? Uh, I think the one that comes to mind is probably no sacrifice, no victory. Love it. That's very uh, like Viking Raiders of you. <laughs> I do listen to a lot of Viking metal, so. <laughs> there you go. I didn't know that that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, good. Top three people you follow or study and why? Gary V, one of them? Yeah, he's definitely got some good advice. Um, Linus Sebastian. Oh, I don't want to say that because <laughs> I don't know. Like, I do watch a lot of their content, and they, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of lot of tech guys out there. I could easily, I could easily pick. So I feel like that might be a bit, bit of a cop out. <laughs> <laughs> Any anyone else sort of out of the tech tech sphere then? Uh, yeah, I'll go with Peter McKinnon. So I watch a lot of like photography and videography stuff because I'm always looking to improve like how I make my videos and yeah, he makes a lot of videos and has a lot of good tips for video creation. So I find those very useful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, any, any parting words before we wrap this episode up? Yeah. If anyone is like interested in finding out more about creating a YouTube channel, like I'm definitely happy to answer any questions like on Twitter or email, whatever. Awesome. Thanks. Where can we find you on Twitter, by the way? What's your handle? Uh, yeah, it's just Jared's Tech on Twitter as well. So same nice username pretty much on every platform. Love it. Love it. Awesome. Thanks for your time, Jared. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Future Tribe podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on your podcast app. 